It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. Welcome back in the Fantasy Football Zone. It's PJ. How'd you do in week two? Hopefully all right. Again, there was a lot of things going on. We are going to discuss it all with rotowire.com's Jake Letarski coming up in minutes. But first, some things looking forward to here in week three. And if you've been thinking to yourself, man, these passing numbers, they're getting a little uh, up there this year. You're right. Entering week three for the 2021 NFL season, passing numbers at an all-time high. The league has combined 96.5 passer rating and 67.2% completion percentage, both the highest through the first two weeks of a season in NFL history. And a total of 14 quarterbacks have a season passer rating of 100 or higher among the qualified passers. That's the most since 1970 through week two. Now, just comparison, last season, 12 quarterbacks has a season passer rating of 100 or higher through the first three weeks, the most in the league annals. Now, this year has a chance to surpass that mark. This season's uh, with the most quarterback and the passer ratings of 100 or higher through the first three weeks of the NFL season last year, then 2019 and 2018. So we can tell, again, the theme is pass, pass, pass. We kind of know that. And the numbers right now, not backing away from that uh, right now with that strategy going on. Other things look for in uh, week three. The Packers going to be in prime time, taking on San Francisco. And Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams, eight catches again, 121 yards last week, Monday night football over Detroit. That big victory. We're going to talk with Jake Letarski about that coming up. And again, the Packers return back to prime time coming up this week when they travel to take on San Francisco. And check this out. Adams has recorded a touchdown reception in nine consecutive games on Sunday night football. The longest such streak in NFL history. So he's a pretty good lock this week. And Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers completed 22-27 passes for 255 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions in last week's win against the Lions. So he enters week three with 416 career touchdown passes and with four more in San Francisco and you know he would love to do it there near the home area. He could tie Pro Football Hall of Famer Dan Marino for sixth most TD passes all time in NFL history. And one more thing I want to look at in the stats. You know, we do kind of fall in love in the fantasy world on targets and exactly who are the target leaders right now in the NFL? Well, a tight end is leading the way. Darren Waller right now with 26 targets. Now he has 15 receptions, 170 yards, and a touchdown. But uh, right now, Derek Carr is looking his way. CeeDee Lamb second on the list with 24 targets so far this season. Mike Williams, surprising maybe name on there for the Chargers. But again, he's had 22 targets so far this year. And he's had 15 receptions, 173 yards, two touchdowns. So again, Justin Herbert is looking for him. Deontay Johnson is all with 22 targets. Amari Cooper with 22. Some other surprising things on the target list. Just got to go after TJ Hawkinson, another tight end on this list. Again, not the usual suspects that you would think would be on here, but Hawkinson with 20 targets already for the Lions. Sterling Shepard, who was a popular pickup off the waiver liar last week, and of course had that infamous drop in the end zone against 
Washington on Thursday night. But he has uh, 19 uh, targets so far from Daniel Jones. In fact, 16 receptions. So really uh, converting on those target res- those uh, chances that he's getting from Daniel Jones as Sterling Shepard. Also on the list here, Braxton Berrios of the Jets. And I bring that name up. Maybe you're looking for a deep flyer in a league. Uh, he's been targeted 18 times so far by the rookie Wilson in uh, New York. So he's had 12 receptions, 124 yards. Uh, it was tough sledding against New England. Who knows? Berrios could be a flyer for you if you're looking for a name on there. And one final thing I wanted to look at with the targets so far, running back position. And DeAndre Swift leads all running backs right now with 16 targets out of the backfield. So Jared Goff, definitely looking for him. New system, getting used to it. You know, check down situations. But Swift... On those 16 targets, 12 receptions, 106 yards. He's got a touchdown, and he's got a couple big plays, a 20-plus and 40-plus yarder. So, again, Swift being looked at with those targets. And I find that all interesting because the second targeted running back is a guy we expected to be in that category, and that's Christian McCaffrey so far, 15 targets, and McCaffrey, 14 receptions, 154 yards. So he continues to do his thing. Other running backs that are on the list getting targeted, James White again. He's being a target monster, 13. In fact, 12 receptions. He's got those PPR points to help you out with that. Also, Mike Davis in Atlanta. He's been targeted 13 times for 10 receptions so far this year. And Jamal Williams of Detroit. So, again, another one. Goff looking for those running backs. 12 targets so far for Williams and 11 receptions so far on the year. So, again, if you're looking for a deep dive at running back, maybe some of those could be the options. Could get those almighty PPR points to help your team out. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back in the Fantasy Football Zone. Again, Jake Latarski with rotowire.com joining us here. And uh, Jake, we I think we got to send apologies out to everyone that had to go against Derrick Henry this week. We, we knew he was going to have a big week. I didn't know what we think we're, he was going to bounce back this big. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry is always capable of doing this. We've known this from his past couple seasons. The only real knock on his draft stat- status each draft season is maybe his usage. The game changer here that I noticed here on, on Sunday and and that could very well catapult him to RB1 status uh, at the end of the season is the fact that he's being used as a pass catcher and not on accident, on yeah. purpose here. here. He, yeah. Ryan Tannehill, is that they have plays for him and they're dumping off. I mean, he had, uh, let's see, six receptions on six targets. That was double the catches of any single game from last season. And like I said, it's happening on purpose. Uh, he had 19 catches on 31 targets all of last year. This year, through two games only, he has nine catches on 10 targets. So if that trend continues, I would not be shocked in the least bit to see Derrick Henry finish as RB1. And throughout his career, he has had some big plays like on screens. I remember the one against Cleveland a couple years ago that I think he took 80 yards. So it is interesting Mm -hmm. to see if that is a thing. They're going to throw that more into his direction. Definitely those uh, PPR Mm -hmm. points. uh, That's even more inviting for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was always the consensus, yeah, that, you know, uh, you know, Kamara, McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, we're going to go ahead of him if there's any kind of PPR. And then maybe Derrick Henry jumps up to two, maybe three uh, in the rankings and standard. But uh like I said, this is, uh, I mean, almost 50 PPR points. That is that is very, very rare. And he's got a little bit of a tougher matchup against Indy this week, but then he's got some real sweet, juicy matchups against the Jets and Jaguars the following week. You have to be excited if you're a Derrick Henry owner. All right, we relaxed for week two with the Packers and Lions and those fantasy mm-hmm. studs. They definitely balled out on Monday night. Basically, each one that you had, they they showed up and gave you some quality numbers. 
first off, I mean, I got to say, I, I was fortunate enough to attend the game here on Monday night. Atmosphere, absolutely electric. I mean, it was loud in there. It felt almost like a playoff game. Packer fans were ready to roll after a year on the sidelines. That is for sure. And they came out and you could tell that the goal right away was to kind of establish the run with Aaron Jones. And that's just exactly what they did. He was back to, you know, vintage, having a crazy fantasy game. I mean, I'm sure some Aaron Jones owners were like, hey, maybe save some for like the next couple of weeks, yes, you know, because yes. he was uh, he was outstanding. And uh, yeah, and Rand Rogers looked back on track. The pass to Devante was sharp. The pass to Tunyon even yeah. uh, to score that touchdown in the second half was excellent. So he looks very sharp. It's going to be a little bit tougher sledding with a much better team next week, but we'll kind of save that for the end. Yeah. Another thing that was kind of a trend with the uh, early games, quarterback injuries. Now, some of these guys got back into the game like uh, Derek Carr, but, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor, he's going to be missing some time here. Not that you had him in your lineup at all, like if you had any Texans, but mm-hmm. again, that was kind of the story. Baker Mayfield, I know, Tua as well. So that was kind of a storyline for uh, some of those yeah. early games on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you're going to have Davis Mills starting the Thursday night game. You know, we're in midseason form for Thursday night games already, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe might have Jacob Easton. Somehow Wentz hurt both his ankles on the same play. On the same yeah. play. That's a uh, impressive in its own right. I don't I don't know exactly how <laughs> someone does that. I, I, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. But um, yeah, so there's injured quarterbacks all over the place. Definitely guys to keep an eye on in two quarterback leagues where there are, uh, you know, where obviously there's a premium on quarterback and, you know, Taylor Heineke was going for 40% of fab budget in one of my two QB leagues yeah. uh, last week here. So, you know, there are some options here, but there are also good streaming options that you want to consider. I mean, Derek Carr's got the Dolphins. Daniel Jones has the Falcons. Teddy Bridgewater has the Jets and Sam Darnold has the Texans. These are guys in the mid tier range that could produce like QB ones this week. And I, of course, you know, NFC North country, we have to touch on the Andy Dalton, Justin Fields situation. Yes. Uh, it's looking more and more every day that Dalton with his knee injury is not going to play. And uh, it's a, it's looking like an okay week for Justin Fields. I mean, I still like some of those streamers I mentioned better than him, but we have Fields as quarterback 19 this week. Uh, the Browns, again, short sample size, so it's tough to make a, a ton, but they're a number 30, uh, you know, against opposing fantasy quarterbacks so far. You know, they've had a rough time, you know, defending the past now. We'll see what Fields can do. And he, of course, he reminds me a little bit of late season Jalen Hurts last year where, yeah. you know, just kind of getting his legs under him, but he's going to have a good fantasy floor because of the rushing yards. So uh, he'll be viable, obviously, of course, in two quarterback leagues. But, uh, you know, you, there are some good streamers this week, too, that you can rely on a little bit more than some of these unknowns. And if On the other side of things, are you if you're streaming defenses because of those quarterback injuries, I mean, obviously, Carolina's probably like the slam dunk to get because of the you know the game against Houston. Yep. But Tennessee, may, you know, if they're still out there against the Colts, I don't know. I mean, there's still some power, firepower on that Colts offense. Mm-hmm. What do you see if you're streaming defenses? Is Carolina that number yeah, was, one slam dunk or, is, or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, there are a lot of things I like. It's a low over under the, uh, you know, the Texans, they have an implied total of 18 points. And, uh, you know, when I stream defense, I look for three things. I typically look for, you know, matchup, of course, number one. Uh, two, are they at home? And three, you know, what's the want to find a low over under game. And, of course, Carolina's on the road, but everything else, you know, you got Davis Mills on a short week. You know, Mills might be okay eventually. They used a pretty good draft pick on him. So, uh, you know, yeah. there is some long-term upside there. But a short turnaround against the Carolina defense that looks pretty good. I was saving Carolina actually for one of our top waiver wire pickups this week because I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of waiver wire popular options that I'm a little bit hesitant on. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah so we've got in our streaming defenses, uh, you know, we keep try to keep these guys under 50% rostered to, um, to uh, you know, to, to try to rank these guys. And Arizona, 
is just misses that threshold. They're over 50% on Yahoo. They got Jacksonville, who's been pretty juicy this year. But as far as attainable streaming defenses, you got the Panthers at Houston. We rank number two, Tennessee against Indianapolis, just in case we have the Jacob Eason show here. You know, the uh, Colts implied total is only 21.25 points this week. And another sneaky one I'll throw out there, the Raiders. You know, they're the home team against the Dolphins. Probably, I mean, Jacoby Brissett looked pretty hapless out there. I mean, it didn't, uh, it, it didn't look like uh, they're, they're going to be scoring a lot of points anytime soon. So, and the Raiders are two percent rostered, so you can get them just about everywhere. You might not even have to put a bid or a waiver claim in there. So, definitely options on the streaming defense side. All right. So after week one, we said, okay, don't press the panic button yet. All right. Now we're two weeks in. Can mm-hmm. we officially use that panic button on uh, some players right now? Yeah, there are a couple guys I kind of want to do a case study on, you know, just a bit, um, you know, and one of them I'm I'm kind of ready to panic and one I'm not. And uh, I want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott is is very interesting here because he hasn't had the best games. I mean, he 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 got into the end zone. Sure. And, um, you know. Yeah. has been all right, but uh, I'm a little bit worried about Tony Pollard cutting into that snap share because Tony Pollard was on the field for 34% of snaps compared to 71 for Ezekiel Elliott, and the carry total was 16 to 13, and Pollard got more targets, and of course, Pollard here found the end zone again. I mean, the touches themselves are close to 50-50, even with Zeke on the field for the vast majority of the snaps here, so I don't know if that's a side effect of the extra game and maybe wanted to manage his workload. You know, people always talk about Derrick Henry's, you know, carries workload over the last couple of years. It's been pretty similar for Ezekiel Elliott. So we can't forget that. And also Pollard got five carries in the fourth quarter. So I'm a little, I mean, the thing is, is you can push the panic button. Cool. But what are you actually going to do? Are you going to sell him at your absolute lowest value? Do you bench him yet? I'm not saying quite yet. Cause even in the timeshare, he's still, and RB2. Um, so he, I'm a little bit worried about Ezekiel Elliott, though. You know, I don't think he's going to return first round value at the end of the year. Uh, the other guy I mentioned talking about was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That one, he just yeah. hasn't looked good. You know, he doesn't pass the eye test. He's not breaking tackles. He's not elusive. Um, but there are a couple factors that are going in his favor that uh, I still think he has a chance to maybe return late second, early third round value by the end of the year, of course. You know, you have the reason he was drafted there in the first place being, uh, you know, he's the number one running back. There isn't, yeah. unlike Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, there's not a ton of competition behind him. I think he got a touchdown vulture this this past yes. week, but, uh, but, but he is, uh, but he's the number one guy. And also, I'm not quite sure. He's fully healthy yet. I saw one of the uh, one of the sports doctors on Twitter, you know, remind everyone that, uh, that that he sprained his ankle in week two of the preseason. And sometimes you usually give those a four to five week timetable here. And we're just creeping up on the end of that. So I think, you know, maybe he's a little bit limited by injury. And of course, it is largely his backfield. I mean, when you look at the touches here for Kansas City, um, you know, Daryl Williams, 27.5. So he's creeping up. Edwards Alaire, 64.7% of the snaps. But uh, the touches were highly, highly in favor of CEH. 13 carries to only three for Williams. And uh, as long as that type of distribution continues, I'm less worried about that than I am in Dallas. Well, with injuries taking place, obviously, I mean, the 49ers backfield is just one case in point among others. Everyone's trying to hit the waiver wire, jump on who they think is going to be the next in line, make an impact. So, I mean, obviously those processed here, but we're looking ahead to the future. Who are some guys we should continue Mm -hmm. to look at uh, on the waiver wire as we uh, continue the season on? Yeah, Yeah, the default league processes on Tuesday nights, but I'm definitely in a couple uh, that go Wednesdays and Thursdays. So maybe we can help you out here. Um, You know, there are a lot of traps out there this week. And, you know, the number one thing 
the number one player that whatever source you look at is Rondell Moore. And I'm ready to take my lumps on him. I was very skeptical of him going into the season. I think, you know, I'm thinking a five, seven slot guy who's fourth on his team on the depth chart, but he has proven me wrong so far. The targets have looked good. If you prorate his targets over two games, I know that's kind of a silly exercise sometimes, but if you prorate his targets over two games, you're looking at about 110 over the course of the year. And that can sustain maybe some wide receiver three values. So Sure, he's got some ceiling. He obviously looks good. He passes everything about that eye test when they're getting him the ball in the open field. But I'll I'll do the Lee Corso not so fast, you know, a little bit on him, uh, just a hair. Because when you look at the snap count, he was only on the field for 47% of the snaps. So he was behind all three guys on the depth chart. And I think there were some game-specific concerns with this one as well. DeAndre Hopkins only had four targets because he was kind of blanketed by Patrick Peterson that entire time. I mean, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Cardinals don't really shift their receivers around a whole lot. So um, there was a little bit unique circumstances of this game, but can he be fantasy productive? Can he be a flex play with 50% of the snaps or less? He obviously proved it this week. He had that big play. A lot of his uses kind of leaned earlier in the game too. That's another interesting trend to watch, but uh, so he, he's someone that, yeah, he can be flex eligible, but, I wouldn't be shocked if you, if there are a couple duds mixed in. So I'm just kind of, I'm tempering my expectations there just a little bit. The other big waiver wire name I want to touch on is Cordero Patterson yeah. uh, for the Falcons. I mean, you've got, you know, Mike Davis as you're kind of between the tackles uh, type runner here, but uh, Cordero Patterson is, you know, he's an older guy in running back years. That's for sure. But he's sneaking into the snapshot on, on the field for a, a third or a little bit more than a third of the of the uh, total snaps in the game. He only had two less targets than Mike Davis, or two less carries than Mike Davis, and he was out there for six targets. And uh, so he had the touch rates between the two of them are pretty similar here. So Cordero Patterson is someone to watch. And also, I know in Yahoo leagues, and I believe in some other ones, you get that dual position eligibility. Now, yes, you know, I, I, I yeah. do all fantasy sports, you know, here at Rotowire, and it's it's big in baseball. Very rarely do you see that in football here, and uh, and it just, uh, I, I I think that there's some value there, and and he can absolutely make a little bit of a difference in a flex here. Now, again, this is a Falcons team whose defense is one of the worst in the league, so when they're playing catch up at the end of games, you kind of go with the Cordero Patterson type in the backfield over the Mike Davis. So I think we'll start to see the, the usage trend closer to even and, and Patterson will be the, uh, will be a guy. Um, I'll just do some quick hitters on yeah. some other names that are popping up. James White, Henry Ruggs, KJ Osborne. I'm a little worried about Osborne being the third option on the Vikings. Henry Ruggs at least has the draft pedigree. Yes. He was behind Brian Edwards on the depth chart week one. He's coming back and It doesn't seem like it's getting talked about a ton, but Delvin Cook did kind of sprain his ankle. Then he came back. We know Delvin Cook's injury history. I'm going to throw out Alexander Madison one more time because he's a player whose stock could easily grow a ton between now and the Thursday night game and beyond because they have a pretty good matchup. Seattle has not been able to defend the run at all this week, and uh, I think both of them could be playable this week, especially if Cook is uh, limited in any way. So hopefully that gives you some names and roughly the order I'm looking to acquire these guys. Yeah, and back up on that uh, Madison point, I mean, he was in on that final drive before they missed the field goal. I mean, I know Cook came in too, but he caught a key screen pass to keep that drive going. So, I mean, obviously if there is something Mm -hmm. with Cook, that would be, you know, the big number one too. And then, like you hit on the uh, player designation positions, we just fall in love with that in fantasy, don't we? Taysom Mm -hmm. Cook, the tight end quarterback. Boy, I'm going to get some quarterback points at tight end. Most of the time, no, you're not. I mean, we just love that designation. We can throw them in wherever, but more than not, it never works out. 
Yeah, yeah, it often doesn't. I mean, at least with this guy, he's getting the touches. Yes. And, you know, you can, it gives you line. We love line of flexibility, right? You know, yes. it, it gives you different options. You know, the ability to start, if you got two good running backs, he, he can start them as a receiver. If your receivers are strong, you can start them there. Um, I'm not, you know, again, short term, I'm not crazy about this. This could be a little bit of a flash in the pan. I mean, we've got him as RB 44 this week. We rank him among the running backs on Rotowire. So, you know, barely flex in your deeper mm-hmm. leagues, but I mean, the touches are there and the Falcons are going to be behind. So, you know, regardless of the dual position eligibility, uh, he could be a player that becomes that becomes worth it. And they got the Giants this week who haven't done a great the greatest of job stopping anybody. So, you know, it could be worth a shot. He went for uh, to, to illustrate you the difference uh, in some of the Tuesday night fab that ran for me. Uh, he went for 18 percent of one owner's budget in a 12 team league. And then I picked him up for zero in a 10 team super flex <laughs> here. So it's 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 polarizing. It's across yeah. the board here. Time now for studs and duds. <laughs> All right, week three, let's get into it. Some studs and duds we're looking at. I'll uh, let you start off. Quarterback position, uh, who you liking this week? Yeah, I'll give you one layup and one sleeper for quarterback. Uh, The layup is, of course, Kyler Murray. He came out, had another outstanding week. He's got a great matchup against the Jags here. We rank him number one this week on Rotowire over Pat Mahomes, over Josh Allen, over Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. There's your top five we have. So Kyler Murray, I expect him to ball out again and continue to ball out and possibly be an MVP candidate. Um, I mentioned the Giants, or I mentioned the Falcons defense a second ago being terrible. I want to go to Daniel Jones. I mentioned him as a streamer, uh, you know, it's a it's a home game and uh and and the uh let me see the falcons have allowed eight touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks through two games this year eight passing touchdowns and the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks here i think and also not to mention you basically they're coming off a bye week uh with the thursday night game get some extra rest for guys like saquon jones has that sterling shepherd um you know, chemistry so far, and there's some pass catching options there. So, uh, you know, you're not, he's not a guy you pick up and expect to start every week, but a week like this, uh, he could be primed for a good matchup. Yeah. I was thinking Daniel Jones would be a good matchup this week. I'm going to go to the Denver side of things. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, like I said, you, you know, if you're looking for a player deep down the line, I think Bridgewater, he's been putting up some mm-hmm. impressive stats here. 592 yards so far in the season, four touchdowns. Looks like he's getting a connection now with Noah Fant, also Cortland Sutton coming on. So I like this matchup for uh, Bridgewater this week. Not saying he's going to you know, give you a 50-point game or anything like mm-hmm. that, but maybe two touchdowns you can bank on, maybe get uh, 250, 300 yards. I think yeah. quality outing for Bridgewater this yeah, week. We, we, we have met QB 16, so he's one right behind Jones, and absolutely that puts him in streaming ter- territory. Pretty good matchup against the Jets, and an interesting Bridgewater stat I saw. He either, I forget if it was attempts or completions, but he leads the NFL in in attempts of over 20 yards. So yeah. Eddie Bridgewater in your head is not the typical big play guy that you're thinking of, but he's been he's been stretching the ball out. Cortland Sutton, Sutton looks good. You know, of course, he loses Judy, but they've got some weapons there. They've got some deep ball candidates. And uh, yeah, Bridgewater could surprise some people for sure. All right. Who's a dud at the quarterback position this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we have plenty of duds in the bottom <laughs> 10 of any of those guys that we talked about that are running in for injuries, but I'm going to try to be a little bit more bold. Um, I, you know, I was looking at this and the Eagles defense has been surprisingly good against opposing quarterbacks. Now you can argue the schedule hasn't been the strongest, but Dak Prescott, you might want to pump the brakes a little bit for a few reasons. The Eagles have only allowed one passing touchdown through two games and they're they're They 
collectively have the second lowest opponent quarterback yards per attempt. And, you know, you can say sample size, it's tough to do yards and, and touchdowns, but yards per attempt, at least you maybe got a hundred passes or, you know, 80 to hundred passes in there sometimes to, uh, to gauge that by. So the Eagles have been surprisingly good on defense. And we know Michael Gallup's hurt and Amari Cooper hurt his ribs too. So Dak might be down a couple of weapons going against an overachieving defense here. You know, of course that could always come back to bite me, you know, sometimes, but I, but you know, fortune favors the bold here and I'm going to try to make uh, I'm going to try to make some bold predictions. All right. I am uh, for a dud this week. I'm going to go with Josh Allen against uh, Washington. I just think, I know it's a home game, but I think that Washington defense yeah, they stole one from the Giants on last Thursday night. I mean, I think they're improved. I think they're going to mm-hmm. do a good job of, you know, attacking there. And like I said, Allen is probably going to get some points, but I don't think you can expect, you know, the QB1 status point game that you expect week in and week out from him. So I think Washington mm-hmm. might help make uh, Josh Allen a dud this week. Yeah, I, I thought I was being bold. That is yeah. uh, that, that is really <laughs> I'm get, stepping putting yourself out, out there with Josh yeah. Allen here. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I mean, Washington has one of the best defensive fronts in the entire National Football League. You know, a young, talented core that'll definitely get after Josh Allen. I don't know what actionable evidence he can necessarily take on that. We just his floor is so high that we still yeah. stick him as QB three. But you know, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. I'll give you that. All right, so we'll, that won't pan out next week. We'll review that. Uh, week three. Let's <laughs> see a stud running back position. Uh, what are we looking at? Well, I uh, I really love Austin Eckler this week uh, against the Chiefs. There's going to be a whole lot of catch up, and I think there's going to be some uh, you know a lot of dump offs. And the Chiefs are the number third, giving up the third most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs in this week. So I wanted to throw him out there. We rank him as high as RB four on our list here. So I you know I got to mention him, but I'll give you a little bit of a sleeper one too. I, I like uh, I like Tyson Williams okay. uh, of the Ravens here. Uh, we saw what Aaron Jones did to Detroit. And of course, the Ravens have Detroit this week and he's been looking, you know, they got Latavius Murray. They've signed some guys here. Uh, but as far as and and there's been the occasional exchange or or, or kind of young player mishaps. But, you know, as far as the eye test goes, he looks like a player that is much more elusive than anyone on that roster. He'll get, you know, north of 50 percent of the snaps, I would predict. And he's got a great matchup here, too. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a stud and a sleeper for uh, for this week. All right, uh, for my stud running back, let's go to Pittsburgh. I think Najee Harris saw some good things out of him this past week. Uh, matchup against the Bengals uh, coming up. I, I, I like what I was seeing uh, with some of the things uh, last week. Even though they took the loss against Las Vegas, they were getting them a little bit more involved. He'd catch a couple screen passes. I mean, he was looking good. So I kind of like him uh, this week uh, to go off against the uh, Bengals in uh, week three. Yeah, so for – Two through two weeks, Najee Harris leads the entire running back in the, all the NFL in snap percentage and routes run around among running right. backs. So even if the numbers haven't been perfect there yet, you love that usage. And and you know, Bengals middle of the pack defense. They're they're uh I mean Najee Harris will get his by the end of yes. the year. The for, the offensive line is not good, but I think the volume is going to be more than enough to overcome it. Dodd running backs this week. Uh who are you looking at? I'm looking at David Montgomery here against Cleveland. The Browns have not allowed a rushing touchdown yet this year. And plus we have fields coming uh, up into play. And I think that's going to hurt Montgomery's touches a little bit. I think fields carried the ball 10 or 11 times last week. And what really that hurts is Montgomery's pass catching ability uh, because you know, a quarterback like Fields isn't going to dump it off to his running back. He's going to take off and run. So I think we see less touches for Montgomery against the team. The Browns, you know, they've given up their fair share of points, but they've been pretty good on the interior this year. So uh, I'm going to go with Montgomery as my dud. 
All right, I'm stepping off on a limb here again. Uh, my dud, I, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook. Uh, just with the thing, you know, we mentioned before, a little bit of the injury right now. Seattle, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, they're working on that defense. It is at Minnesota. It's their home opener. But I think uh, Seattle, they, they've always seemed to figure out the Vikings somehow over the past years. Mm-hmm. So I think, yes, Dalvin, decent game, but not – you know, the huge game you're expecting. So I think he might be a little dud performance this week. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That's one that's just going to be a fluid situation here. You know, we just got the latest update from Rotowire that looks like he's going to attempt to practice this week. Okay. You know, we're following the uh, practice reports all week long. I bet you he'll be listed as a limited participant a few times. Might even get, I mean, we don't have pro- probable designations anymore. Might even get a questionable designation. How healthy is he? How much do they want to conserve him? How much faith do we have in the Vikings staff to actually yes. make the right decision, you know, <laughs> as far as preservation? So, uh, so yeah, I could see that very much becoming a dud. I mean, if there were no injury, we'd have him as probably a top five running back this week. So, you know, there's definitely some risk there. All right. Wide receiver. We're looking at a stud this week. Who you got? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I said Kyler Murray was quarterback one. We're going back to DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver one overall in our rankings this week. He goes against uh, Jacksonville, third worst yards per target to opposing wide receivers in the entire league. I mean, nothing about Jacksonville has gone right through these first two weeks, really. And I think Hopkins will, you know, even if it's only for three quarters, I think Hopkins will definitely get his. And of course, in the same vein as Eckler, uh, you know, Keenan Allen and the Chargers, they're going to have to really, uh, they're going to have to uh, keep up with Kansas City. We're going to see a lot of passes. I wouldn't be shocked if Herbert throws the ball 50 times. So all of those weapons there uh, in LA are going to be awesome. I'm going to roll with uh, DJ Moore for the uh, Panthers. I mean, he He's led them in receiving. He's got 14 catches, 159 yards so far. But, again, this matchup against Houston, I think this could be the breakout that, uh, you know, he's been looking forward to. I mean, solid numbers so far, but I think a big game coming up for DJ Moore uh, Thursday night. Yeah, very, yeah, very much. I could see that uh, we have him as wide receiver 21 this week. You know, Houston is uh, – they're going to be a fantasy matchup to target across all positions this season. All right, dud at the wide receiver position. Who are you looking at? I don't have anything crazy bold in the duds. You know, yeah. I, I'll, again, I'll take my lumps on McLaurin. Last week he exceeded expectations. But I'm going to go back to the well in picking wide receivers that are going to have quarterback changes. So guys like Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman, both were double-digit fantasy scorers last week. Uh, they're going to work with backup quarterbacks quarterbacks most likely you know especially cooks on the short week here and you know maybe they can overcome it with volume um but i don't think the efficiency is going to be enough to be there i think both of these teams want to run the football first to begin with and if we're using the backup quarterback especially on a short week here i'd be a little bit worried about that dud uh, man i don't know i I, i'm going back and forth on this uh (laughs) i guess i'm gonna go with debo samuel maybe just because he's come out of the gate Mm -hmm. so big so far 15 catches 282 yards and of course they've been throwing him in with some of those run packages (laughs) Now, if he gets matched up yep. against Kevin King, that might be a different story. But I, mm-hmm. I, I think the game plan is, yeah, they're definitely going to have to look <laughs> at, you know, protecting him and uh, putting Alexander on or wherever he slides in the field. But mm-hmm. I think Samuel, just how he started out, and I think Green Bay is going to have a somewhat of a yep. plan to try to limit his uh, touches coming up. Well, is it going to be King or is it going to be Eric Stokes? Well, now, I think, yeah. you know, at, at Lambeau last week, I saw a pretty big changing of the guard <laughs> after King got burned by Quintez Cephas. I'm pretty sure Cephas fell down and then he got back up and somehow still got over the top of Kevin King. That was kind of the last. Yeah, you could hear the rumbling in the stands because Cephas 
you know, good physicality, good hands, but he was never one at the combine or anywhere else known for breakaway speed. No. And, uh, you know, if Kevin King couldn't handle him. Then, you know, who knows what, what kind of role he'll get relegated to while Stokes, you know, made a nice play in the fourth on, on a yeah. fourth down in the fourth quarter. He was looking good. We might see some there here. And one other, I guess I'll, I'll give you a top 10 yeah. receiver with more bust potential this week too. I want to mention uh, DK Metcalf at Minnesota, because yeah. we saw what Peterson limited DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins in terms of targets and also Metcalf kind of looked like he'll be sh- he was shaken up at the end of the game last week a little bit and Lockett's been getting a ton of the volume there I still love DK Metcalf long term mm-hmm. I would maybe wait for this week to try to buy low on him and get him for the rest of the season because this week might be a little bit tough sledding as well well we touched on a little bit Packers uh, 49ers coming up for a Sunday night football uh, what are you thinking in this one this is uh this is going to be a much tougher game. Obviously, Detroit we project is probably a two three win team tops. Uh, I I remember turning to my brother at the game and I, and I said, uh, so who do you think Detroit's going to take with the number one pick next year? You know, <laughs> but uh, this is going to be a much much tougher test here. But we do get pretty good timing in terms of the injuries of uh, the backfield here. I mean, Elijah yeah. Mitchell's got a shoulder injury. It looks like he'll probably be able to make it through and play. Uh, G. Michael Hasty's ruled out. Trey Sermon has a concussion. I imagine he'll be ruled out. Um, you know, and then they brought, you know, they got Jocks Patrick and, and Trenton. They signed Trenton Cannon to their active roster. <laughs> Cannon was cut by Baltimore, if that gives you any perspective here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we all know about their injury situation. So um, the running game doesn't necessarily look like it's you know that's typically I think usually a weakness when I think of this Packers defense on paper but there's nothing you know it's not Raheem Mostert or any of those guys that torched us in the playoffs a couple years back so you know that's a positive but what I am worried about here to some degree is uh, the pass protection of Aaron Rodgers you know we're we're gonna this will be the first week where we really start to feel the loss of uh, or not having David Bakhtiari in in the starting lineup here because Nick Bosa looks good they're going to get after Rodgers a little bit and probably create some problems. I expect this game to be really close and I hate to, uh, I hate to say it, but I don't know if the Packers can pull this off. This is one of their tougher games that they'll see all year. There'll be no reason to panic if they don't pull this off. I mean, we got plenty of games this season, but uh, this is a tough matchup for them this week. Yeah. It's always something about going out to San Francisco too. I just in the history of the Packers, it's it, Mm -hmm. it, there was one game that, you know, a couple games that went really good, but then all of a sudden there's a lot of heartache too. But uh, yeah, that defense of San Francisco Mm -hmm. much improved obviously from a year ago because you know, they were decimated with injuries. Uh, but uh, so far they are off to a pretty impressive start. I know the stats are a little inflated because of that Detroit game where they gave up a lot of garbage time yardage. But mm-hmm. I mean they were they were pretty for both teams. For yes, both teams. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But they were pretty, uh, you know, stud against uh, Philadelphia this past week. I get. Yeah, I think I got to go with with the Niners in this one. Unfortunately, I, in a quick, mm-hmm. you know, I just yeah. because of that defense. That that's all I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the front seven will make the running game yeah. much tougher sliding. I think we need to connect on a couple of those big plays. I think Aaron Rodgers maybe needs to rediscover Veldez, Scantling, or, yeah. or, or Lazard. I mean, Lazard's great. He's in there for the downfield blocking, of course, a lot. But he might need to rediscover MVS. There needs to be a couple big plays that they need to create out of that offense, similar to that Adams bomb in this early in the second half that yeah. really got things going. They're going to need big plays, and it's going to be tough against this defense. But to make those big plays, he's got to stay standing. The offensive <laughs> line is growing together but definitely not a complete unit in my eyes quite yet. I think Nick Bosa might have a good game and uh, make things tough on Packer fans. 
Well, once again, Jake Latarski, rotowire.com, joining us. And again, Rotowire, place to go for all your fantasy needs, help you get your team ready week in and week out. Again, the Waiver Wire podcast, all that good stuff. Tell us about it, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. YouTube.com slash Rotowire is our channel. We have a very a variety of hosts every week. Of course, of course, Joe and I bring you the Waiver Wire show every Tuesday morning so we can get you ahead if your league does do the default Tuesday night fab. So we've got you there. Um, there's a ton of tools for all different kind of fantasy leagues on the website. You can import your teams from other sites. You can use DFS tools. If you want to try that out, just go to Rotowire.com slash free. We're not going to make you put in a credit card or anything. We get you 10 days to uh, give the sh- give the whole site a uh, shot and and tell us what you think here before nothing's going to auto renew or anything on you after those ten days. So uh, you know why not? <laughs> Nothing to lose there. Uh, thanks for uh, checking me out and uh, of course checking the shows out, the podcast, the site. Appreciate you having me and uh, best of luck to all you guys this week. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five star rating while you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at Draft That Guy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.